Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Tony. He's the co-founder and CEO of Intentional Spark. He's a lead strategist for an all-paid marketing campaign, which includes Facebook ads, AdWords, web retargeting, Instagram, the whole nine yards. He also, he's our ads guy. He's also <laughs> our ads guy. Him and Jack and Meg run all the things behind the scenes for us, which you guys honestly see all the time and you don't even realize who's doing the things. But today we're diving in and talking about a bit behind the scenes of what these platforms really look like. Yeah, we're breaking down and kind of picking his marketing brain all about the future of Facebook and Instagram and what's the next hot feature on Instagram that people should be paying attention to. We also kind of dabble into a little bit of conspiracy theories and just a short clip of some of our favorite shows. So this is a really good smorgasbord, but it's all things nerding out about marketing. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And Tony shares a freebie at the very end all about how you can start getting set up with your pixel and a little bit on how to read an ads report. So definitely make sure you're listening till the end so you can grab that link. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, Abigail, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited to chat today more about what the future of Facebook and Instagram and like these ad platforms look like, as we all try to grow our own businesses online and what that looks like. So for those of you who haven't met Tony, which I'm going to assume 99.9% of you have like, who the hell is Tony? Tony is our BFF behind the scenes. I spend (laughs) almost as much time with Tony as I do Emily, which is saying something. A lot. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I don't. You should. So we are running a lot of things behind the scenes with him and he is handling our ads in the background. But today I want to focus more on what is happening down the pike because I think everyone gets intimidated by like the algorithm changes and they like make it out to be 
this like terrible experience every single time. And I don't think it necessarily has to be, but I do think we should be mindful of where things are going and heading in the future. So before we like jump into it, Tony, can you give us a little background on like how you even got started in ads management and why you have an interest in that space? Yeah, I tell the story way too long, so I'll try and keep it short. Many people have made fun of me for this, but we'll see. So when I graduated college, I got undergrad business management general kind of degree, went into corporate finance. So doing loans to companies over 20 million in revenue, got burnt out doing that after about five years, hated it. And my wife, Meg, was a business management consultant. She traveled every week. We only saw each other on the weekend. She got burnt out. So we both quit and traveled for a year on the savings we had and lived cheaply, kind of went all over. And it's much cheaper to live in certain places of the world. You know, so we actually like spent less than we did just renting in the US. But during that time, we like started a travel blog just to document our adventures and realize this is eight years ago. So back then, a lot of people would give us free night stays and free trips just because we had a blog and social media presence. It didn't, it never asked about how many people followed us back then. And from that, we actually realized the power of social media, marketing. We were by no means an influencer, but we did build up like our travel blog in the year from like zero to 20,000 visitors a month, just from like random content and just getting it shared. And when we came home from that trip, we were like, we can't go back to the office life, like to corporate oh, life. No way. So we called ourselves corporate hippies because we're very kind of corporate and I always wear button down shirts and like I'm not a hippie at all, but we traveled for that year. We didn't want to go back, so we took a pet sitting job on this remote ranch for a year, um, yes, which helped us. Logical next step, you guys. Well, basically, <laughs> they gave us a couple hundred dollars to cover like groceries and the gas bill because it would take us like an hour to drive to the nearest grocery store. This place was so remote. Oh my gosh! But during that time, that gave us a runway of like we weren't spending a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. They gave us just enough to cover groceries, and so we started going on Upwork and just taking like random freelance jobs and trying to find things in social media. Okay. So that's like the long version leading up to the ad part. And during that time, I started a subscription spice business called Spice Panda. And Spice See, Panda... this is why I knew I loved you. Meg and I, during that time we traveled, we actually went... There's, we have a file folder we found last month. We, we tried like 12 different businesses. We never like launched them, but like we would start them, do market research. We would like interview other business owners in the space to like figure stuff out. And then they all kind of fell apart. But with Spice Panda... I only ever got it up to about like 30 to 40 paying customers. It was like once a quarter, we'd ship unique spice blends. Like we did a Thai spice box that was like spices you couldn't really get in a grocery store. It was too much work. I was packing and wrapping everything and I'm not craftsy at all. I'm not good at that stuff. But what ended up happening was in trying to get customers, I tried all these different tactics. I did blog roundups, a bunch of influencer outreach, but I also taught myself ads to try and hustle and scrape up some customers And while I did get some customers, it wasn't very fast. But enough people started asking me for Facebook ad help that I started doing like free coaching and consulting on the side just to help people out. And that got so busy, I started to charge. And then at some point, Meg was like, why don't you just coach other people to do this? Yeah. So then that really was the kicking off point. So then for about a year and a half, I did kind of freelance ad work as I grew our client business. Um, and then Meg and I officially kind of partnered up in 2016 under the Intentional Spark name, which is the name of our agency. Um, and then we brought Jack on full-time, who's our paid marketing manager. And you probably talk to Jack more than you talk to me even. That's so true. Jack might be the number <laughs> one person. But for... Little did you know, I 
spend a lot of time with dudes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> including my spouse. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we grew the team. And from there, we've been, we're probably 90% ad management. We'd still do yeah. some social media management, some content creation for people. But at this point, it's like mostly ad management. And so again, that probably was a 40 minute explanation for your question. No, I love that. What okay. I love about that and what I want people to take away from that is that it backs up our point that we tell our students and our audience all the time about how business isn't linear and how when you wake up and you want to start a business today, you might not even be able to dream of what you're going to eventually be doing. There's no way you could have left corporate world and been like, I'm going to go start running Facebook ads yes. for someone. You didn't know how, you didn't know the industry, you didn't know anything that you were doing, but you said yes to opportunities as they came up, which enabled you to then see this as an open door. And I think so many of our students are so stuck on like that end dream result that they're trying to like piece together and like put into words of this is what I want to do. And I'm like, take the pressure off of what you want to do because there's no actual way for you to know that answer right now. Yeah. And I mean, we've dug into our story occasionally and talked about you know, seven different businesses before we landed on this one. And even this one has had like three or four iterations. And then since then, Emily and I have both started other companies. So it requires dabbling and trying things and being willing to fail. Because in my mind, all of the things I did up until this point got me to where I am today and gave me the knowledge and background to be successful at this. If you hadn't been in another entrepreneur's shoes and you know, tried blogging or tried building a product-based company, you don't necessarily know what those other people are going through or feeling like. And so I feel like that makes you a better manager because you're not completely ignorant to like what these people are going through or when they're feeling stuck or when they're like, I think this makes sense, but am I crazy? I don't know. Yeah. No, so and I probably ask that a lot, Abby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone does. Everyone always like, no matter how successful your business is, or like if you're doing like a, a launch with ads, it's always like everyone freaks out, everyone panics. No matter like it could be a hundred dollar budget, it could be a sixty thousand dollar budget in a month, mm -hmm. and everyone has the same reaction. That's pretty universal. But I think that's yeah. such a good point to call out about um it's more important to just start, even if it's like mm -hmm. the thing you're starting is like inherently you're like this is probably not going to work or I don't know if I love this. If you Do start, anyway. yeah. And like, I always remember there's two things I've always remembered like from college. One was, so I went to Babson College, which is a small school on the East Coast, but it's big for undergraduate entrepreneurship. That's like their claim to fame is that's their number one for entrepreneurship. And so a lot of people there start businesses or try to start businesses. But I remember this one guy, first business he started in college I won't use names because I don't know if I'm supposed to for this, but <laughs> it was basically, you know how like corn on the cob holders have the little clips on the, you know, corn on the cob yeah. things that plug in. He made yeah. those things, but for ribs. So like, oh, it was almost cool. like clothes pants, but like really nice designed. And he, he went out and tried to sell them. You know, he got like partial contracts, I think with like TGI Fridays and Chili's. I don't know if anything ever came of it, but I just remember mm -hmm. he started there and I was like, that doesn't seem like it could really be huge, huge business. But because of that, he joined this entrepreneurship club and they joined like a little, they created like a co-op of five businesses that shared equity together. And then one of those businesses took off. He actually joined that as their CEO and it became the biggest funded company in Boston. It was a, it basically was a competitor to Blue Nile, like the gem mm, company that sells nice. online jewelry. But like, you know, he started with this rib thing and he ended there, That's but he amazing. wouldn't have gotten there if he hadn't have started with the rib thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so I always remember that. Diamonds, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I always remember that. And I was like, you just got to start because you don't know what path it's going to take. Yeah, but right. as long as you're open yeah. to like what works, that's the most important thing. Well, and I think that so coincides with how ads work. Like for us, we had to just start it and just try it. And we had gotten to a point in our business where I think we could have continued to scale a little bit past where we were prior to starting advertising. At that point, we were hitting... uh, I think we were in like the 200 or 300,000 range from just organic traffic, blogging, all of that stuff. And I think we could have scaled a little bit. But unless we got major people to come in and affiliate market for us, we weren't able to scale our list fast enough to generate as much new sales as we wanted. And so our first adventure into advertising was actually taking someone's course and DIYing it. In the middle of a launch. So like we took this course <laughs> while we already had our launch date set and I was diving. This might surprise you, Tony. I was the one diving into like, okay, here's how we're going to set it up. And I watched all the videos and I did all the tech. And like, I was the head runner for a lot of that stuff. And it fucking worked. And it took us really far for like a year Mm-hmm. Kind of DIYing it once we like got our own learned skill set from someone else who knew what they were talking yeah. about. But yeah, it was scary still. That's awesome though. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't quite imagine doing it ourselves at this point. Not because I don't think that it's possible, but it's impossible for me. I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I I think it, it just takes a lot more time than I perhaps yeah. want to spend on it. And so I think there's a huge value in having someone back you up. But well, I rather- have a question. Sure. So Abby knows a little bit about this conversation, but I think our friend Jessica would really appreciate your insight, Tony, on this. So she was voxing me the other day. She has a service-based business and then she also has a membership and she's trying to scale that membership and you know get consistent members in it. And she also has a premium course. So she's in like where we were a couple of years ago, shifting out of clients, figuring out what your digital offers are and scaling. Mm-hmm. And so she was boxing me and she was like, okay, so you guys said that you reached you know, six figures within the first like four or five months of your business. And then we ended up doubling that just a few months later. And Which so is she crazy. Was asking, That's like, amazing, by the way. <laughs> That's insane, right? Yeah. And so she kept asking like, what were you doing? Like what kind of ads were you running? How were you launching? What were you marketing? Wasn't running ads. We weren't running yeah. ads. And so I told her, I said, you know, we didn't, like Abby said, we didn't start running ads until about 250, 300K. And so she was like, okay, I've already dabbled in ads to try to grow my audience because I don't like, I don't have enough people. So I guess I would just love your advice on someone who's kind of in that same position, who's maybe like thinking about dabbling themselves, but also wondering where does this traffic, where does this audience, where do these people actually come from? So I can scale from maybe my 50, 60 K business to six figures. Yeah. I think a couple of things. One, like our best clients are always clients that have at least done ads themselves a little bit just to know what the ad manager looks like. So, you you know, it it lets us have some deeper conversations and it also gets you comfortable with the idea that like, even though sometimes when Facebook ads and Instagram ads work well, people call it like an ATM, like you spend a dollar, you make three or whatever. It doesn't really always start there. So, you know, oftentimes we'll have trouble if someone's never run ads, they then think like after two weeks, why haven't they made a million dollars? <laughs> and also just the knowledge you have is really helpful. The other piece is if you've already run ads or if you haven't, at least if you have organic sales coming in. So it sounds like your friend Jessica, 
she has a membership, she has sales coming in, she has traffic. That definitely then is something where ads could make a lot of sense because she has a way to monetize any ad spend she has. And she also has data to back up what works and what doesn't. So she might know that like, you know, I can't really afford more than three or $4 a lead based on my conversion rates, which is a lot better place to start. So it sounds like for her, she already has some audience, right? Yeah, she has some audience. I think like, and Abby and I were trying to just pick this apart. And I'm just wondering if you would suggest like ads these days is the only real way to get this or if it's still possible to do it like we did it five years ago. And to scale us up to 250, 300, it was all organic traffic. We were putting out a shit ton of content. So we're blogging like five days a week. We did not get down to like three at some point, but it was still very consistent content. Emails, opt-ins, our Facebook group, Instagram. We didn't have our podcast yet. I think you could still do it the same way. Truly. I think I could start over... And recreate what we did, honestly, with just organic traffic and content. I actually think you need less content today than you did five years ago, but you still need some content to drive SEO. But Tony, what's your opinion? Because you're the guest on this show. No, 100%. (laughs) I actually, one of the biggest areas I see, especially people that maybe they don't have a lot of sales yet, you know, coming in. And so they get stuck. They're like more content, more content. It feels like you're doing something. But nowadays, like, I think blog posts can be huge, especially if it's more evergreen blog posts. But that's more of an SEO play where it's like longer term. So it's great to do. But like, if you were do 40 blog posts in three months, that might not move the needle at all in those three months. And it feels like you're failing. You know, I'd rather people, I mean, if you do the blog post, be sending those out as emails, like get that in front of your email list and get those people loving you. And then, yeah, on organic social media, you could be, definitely posting a decent amount, but you don't have to post a ton where I think people kind of drop the ball. And when I say people, I we do this ourselves. Our own marketing is probably the worst marketing I've ever seen between like, if I look at I us and anybody admit, we ever talked to. You, okay. So you came, <laughs> we found you on referral, but if I had stumbled upon you, you were not who I would have hired. Yeah, we're very like we're just starting this year to start promoting ourselves. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so our marketing is getting better. We're starting to discuss what we're doing. But yeah, we're all referral based. So it's never been yeah. a major priority for us. Yeah. But so, your caliber yeah, of client point. is legit, but you wouldn't yeah. know that if you were to look up who you are. Yeah. And way. I know, and people have told us that. And so, but like <laughs> part of it is the clients we do have refer us to great clients. And so, yeah, sure. It hasn't been as much of a problem, but we have a good team in place now. And like we are fit and scaled to grow more. So this year Mm -hmm. we're focusing on our marketing. But I would say like, so the organic content side, um, I think that's where it gets a little harder now just because all the platforms have really restricted organic reach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, if I was, and I'm doing this myself now, but like, I think it's more important. You want to be reaching out to people directly. So on Instagram, be DMing people, be messaging in the comments a bunch. And you use those platforms to build partnerships and networks yes. that will then share your content because that's going to be the fastest way to grow is not just blasting out content into the void, but it's like, you know, maybe do some intentional things where you start sharing, you know, regramming posts from people who have a bigger audience than you, but maybe not like the million person audience, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you have a hundred people who follow you, you find someone that's three or 4,000 and you share their content because they might reshare your content or get in discussions with you. And so I think that is really important. And that's where I'd focus if I was like trying to build organically. 
And the other thing is, you know, it doesn't take a lot of money on the ad side to, we don't typically tell people to boost posts, but I've been coming more and more interested in the idea. Like if you're not an expert at ads, if you're just promoting content and you're going to boost it, it's okay if it's very intentional. Most people mm-hmm. boost content and they're like, what's the goal? I don't know, likes, yeah. whatever. But like if you have a piece of content that your organic audience is engaging with more than normal, you know, spend $5 and promote that out to everybody who follows you just to make sure they see it and get engaged and you grow that really strong engagement and relationship with the audience you have. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of a way to supplement the reach going down. But yeah, I totally agree, Abigail. I think you can still do some of the things that worked five years ago. Maybe just you have to change the priorities around what you're marketing versus how much content you create. Yeah, I definitely think it's less content and the way you share might be a little bit different, but like the process is the same. Because when you have solid content, people will share it and people will, you know, repin it or save it or whatever, depending on what platform you're on. But I'd love to see what you think that means in terms of growth going forward. Like, say, someone's already running ads and they're just trying to think, you know, what's happening in the next six months to a year? What have you heard from the Facebook and Instagram powers it be as to what's coming down the pipeline? What's coming? I think the biggest thing, like the biggest change is IGTV isn't dead. I think, it, you know, it, IGTV launched a lot of fanfare. It kind of did not get the initial traction. But it's starting to get more like you might have noticed this Instagram started doing this thing now where if you do IGTV, it'll just automatically drop like a minute uh, clip into your newsfeed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and take people there. And you can it makes it really easy to share across your platforms. And that's really helped growth. And they also announced, I think, last month that there's well, they, they didn't announce it, but it's been leaked because people can see what's happening in the code like of the newest app that launched. There's a couple of things now that look like they're going to let people monetize IGTV the way you can monetize mm. YouTube. Mm. So actually allow for ads to be placed like mid-roll and pre-roll into your own IGTV. Because the problem is all these big YouTube creators haven't moved to IGTV because they can't make mm. money from it. So they're mm. trying to let that happen. And I think IGTV is a place where you could really grow an audience because you can put longer things up there. And as they make that better it's pretty open still. Like I don't see a ton of people leveraging it or using it. I don't either. And I'm sitting here trying to think about, okay, do I watch IGTV or like what type of content am I even? I do. I don't watch IGTV. I do all the stories, but I just wrote the only, and I guess it qualifies as IGTV, but just because they throw it to the feed, not because I see the notification at the top. Yes. But I watch the, like the Netflix previews of like comedy specials or shows. Like it's kind of like a trailer. Those pop in my feed all the time. And so it's like a a minute and a half, two minutes of just a clip from someone's stand up. Mm. And I will click in to watch all of those. Well, I think it's interesting you say that because I watch things that I used to watch in shorter clips now longer. For instance, I'm a big person. I mean, I know a lot of people like it where they see things that make you feel good. Like they have an emotional draw to them. Like I watch a lot of clay workers and so they'll throw a whole pot and it might take, it might be five minutes on what is that hyperspeed or whatever, something that took them an hour to do, but just watching their hands. And then I watch a lot of cake decorating videos (laughs) 
probably because I don't eat sugar and I like I miss it. But <laughs> that might be something I need to talk to my therapist about, not talk about <laughs> on the podcast. But I think there is a huge opportunity there because they're not as much noise yet, I feel like. But yeah. as I've found that stories personally have reduced my attention span dramatically. So so like if someone talks for more than 15 seconds, I'm like, nope. I mean, it's amazing with stories. Like how often do you skip a story? You're like hearing it. You're like, I know what they're about to say and you skip yeah, it. Like yeah. I can't even pay attention for 15 seconds. I'm like, I like this person. I know what they're saying. Next, next. Mm-hmm. It's like too but much. But like you get the gist. It's like fast forwarding through what they're saying, like, but you're still absorbing what they're saying. So I think in personally, unless they make tweaks to how you watch an IG TV so that you can skip forward or so that you can interact with it in a more similar way, I think people will have a hard time going back and forth because in terms of attention span. Lives, once they're posted, you can skip forward on lives and comment and see all of that stuff. But yeah, yeah, IGTV is different. Yeah, I think IGTV, the reason I bring it up is I it, it could, maybe it will totally just not catch on at all, but it seems like they're investing some resources to really make it have a legitimate shot. And mm-hmm. so I haven't really seen anybody come up with a way where it's like, you know, they're the best person at IGTV yet. And so whenever these platforms are new, right? I mean, even TikTok still is new, oh, even though it's it's getting huge. But like, you know, like if you can get in early and become the yeah. person there. So if you could figure out an IGTV strategy, maybe you post yeah. a lot of content, a little longer form. Maybe you do like, you know, because f- by the way, I would watch anything on the fast forward when they do the time-lapse videos. Like I've watched people like, yeah, doing like yard work on fast forward and like in your kitchen. I don't care at all about people working with clay, but if you gave me a fast forward time lapse of someone building like a pot, I would watch that. It's like so addictive just to watch the progress. But yeah, I think that's where IGTV is an interesting because it's pretty wide open still. Like, you know, you Mm -hmm. go on some of these other platforms, people have really taken over and it's always harder to break in when it's more established. Mm -hmm. But the other piece is whenever the platforms are making a push like this, they give everything more love. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, even now stories still get a little more love, but like when video first came out for Facebook and Instagram, like that was just getting a lot more organic push. Yeah. So that's why IGTV is an interesting thing to explore. And well, side note, and I- it also is a place where you can just duplicate. Like if you have a YouTube show, just put it yeah. on IGTV. Like don't even exactly. like just at least, cause like otherwise before there weren't as many places to drop this stuff, get it on all the platforms. Yeah. Well, and I love this take on it because I feel like even my conversation with Jessica and a bunch of our students, sometimes it feels like, you know, the best time to have started a business or grow on social media was last year or three years ago or five years. I feel like everyone always says that, right? It's harder to get started today and how it was so different, you know, however many years ago, but constantly new things are being developed. And so if you guys are looking at IGTV, like, we're not on there, right? If you guys are starting IGTV today in three years, you might be saying, oh, if I had started it then, then maybe I would have this huge audience and grow. Right. And it's about testing it. Like It's just like yeah. the business thing, right? Just start and maybe it doesn't grow, but maybe it gets you into a community where that you're in for the next thing. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. 
I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it's set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and it's a gamble, like how many things have come about as new and then disappeared. Like Mm -hmm. I have friends that had millions of followers on Periscope because it blew up so quickly and then it got weird really quickly (laughs) and then then it fell apart. But like the concept is the same. It's, I mean, you have, I think it's important to look at where companies are putting their time and attention. And in this case, I feel like if you were going to make a bet, like utilizing a new feature on a very big existing platform actually feels like a safer bet than going to an entirely new app and investing time because the app could disappear. But like, I mean, my personal take is Facebook and Instagram aren't going anywhere anytime soon. 
Yeah. I know. You tell me what, but I hope so <laughs> because I put a few eggs in those baskets. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I don't think, I mean, it's not like, you know, if you were going to try IGTV that it's like you can't try anything else, right? It's like just right, give a little right. attention to that. Even if it's just like you don't need to make the most produced videos, just try some different things. Mm-hmm. And you can still try, you know, be on the mm-hmm. other platforms. But yeah, I think that's an interesting place. And I think video in general is a place that still not everyone is using effectively. So I would love everybody to be doing more stories and more behind the scenes stuff. I think anytime a business owner, especially if you're doing business stuff, but even if you're talking to like non-business people, if you're selling like consumer products or something, if you can be personal and show behind the scenes and, you know, show your own struggles and failures and successes, those stories always end up drawing more people in and being really successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if my husband can get 40 people to watch him making dinner, like you guys, anything is possible. Yeah. It's, it's, like he thinks it's he hilarious. Oh yeah. He gets on Insta or Facebook live and he makes dinner and he talks about making dinner, but then he talks about the week and like what's going on. People yeah. watch it and like love it. Now, granted, he's not like inside the home. He had to find an outlet to get all his talking out. Oh, yeah. He's a very (laughs) chatty guy. And since being home, I think he's felt a little cooped up. But (laughs) just for the record, my husband is not a marketer. But if he can do it, you guys, anyone can do it. And Um, that's actually like an awesome idea. Like, honestly, like if you were a business owner, mm -hmm. why don't you cook dinner and just talk about business? right? Like what a, and it's casual. It's like literally no pressure. I think sometimes we all put too much pressure on these things. And it's usually those fun things that are are what, you know, what's going to take off. Well, I remember like Hillary Rushford a couple of years ago, like fixing your hair and putting on, she would put on makeup and talk about business and style and like confidence. And yeah, I literally couldn't multitask the way she does because she's very direct and like could keep focus. I'd be like, Where's my, like, I would would be all over the place. Um, But you still see her doing it occasionally, even in ads now. Like, she'll be fixing her hair or makeup on an ad. And so, like, it appeals to someone who might absorb a lot of beauty content, but Mm -hmm. she's talking business strategies. Yeah. And so, I think because of that, she appeals to a certain audience. I also love that because... I'm actually, I might steal that for myself, like figure out something to do while you're talking. Cause I think it's hard to, if you're talking about business stuff or any of these types of things, if you're just doing like a talking head video, it's kind yeah. of not very engaging, right? Like you want to oh, be yeah. drawing something or doing something. But even if you're just doing something totally unrelated, whether it's like cooking or mm-hmm. doing makeup or getting ready for the day, mm-hmm. it at least keeps people's attention a little bit. Yeah. And so like I mean, even videos where you're just like holding your phone and walking around the neighborhood is more engaging yeah, yeah. than sitting at your desk. So right. I think that's a great idea. And it also adds that personal feel like behind mm-hmm. the scenes that everyone loves. Yeah. yeah. Hillary does do that really well. One of her highest performing and longest, I think, like life cycle of an ad that she has is her walking around talking about one of her programs on her phone in New York City. And so she's just like walking up and down the streets, like using her phone to record it. And it's like Mm -hmm. at least three or four years old. And I still see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think people leaning into what your interests are outside of your business help. Like, for instance, Marie Forleo, like I'm pretty sure she has like music video style ads. 
yeah. that yeah. are her jumping around and doing like she used to be a hip hop dancer mm-hmm. and that girl can still move her body. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't do that, but that's okay. Like I think figuring out what makes sense for you and leaning into that and being okay with it. I mean, I think when we were starting on Instagram stories, I shared my dog literally every day and that's mm-hmm. how we grew our Instagram yeah, story audience. People, people love, people love dogs. And so, like, it doesn't have to be anything special or related, but, like, intertwining something that someone looks forward to or makes them feel a part of your life, I think, can be big. But what about Facebook? I love that. Facebook? What's next there? You know, Facebook is mostly right now because of all the transparency issues and Mm. all the political things surrounding Facebook. They've been spending a ton of money on security and getting that better. And so you're seeing that like on the ad side, you're seeing a lot more ads get rejected. They're spending more time, not just looking at ads, but where you're sending people, you know, like we've seen ads get rejected based on landing page copy. So on the ad side, it's just getting a little more strict Mm -hmm. on what you can do and say, which isn't a bad thing because it's going to eliminate all the people that are just completely spamming with ads. It makes it a little harder for everyone else because your well-meaning ads can get rejected. Yeah, I'm like, don't reject my ad because my sales page says shit on it. When you guys let yeah. so much garbage in this news feed. That's always, that's always the problem. I can find like a thousand ads that are just like wildly inappropriate and against yeah. policy because they slip through and then like, you know, yours doesn't. So, but most of the time you can appeal. Like they've gotten better about yeah. appealing. And so we appeal a lot and get most of the things approved. On the organic side, you know, I don't know what the next big thing for Facebook is going to be besides... Instagram just taking a bigger and bigger role. Do you think they're going to like cross promote it more? Like, cause they've like taken stories and put them on both platforms. Like, yeah. do you think they'll take feed content and integrate it into Facebook at all? Like Instagram feed content? I know you can cross post it, but like, yeah, I'm just I don't know if, so yeah. And one thing is some people still don't fully know that Facebook owns Instagram. I still run into people that are, and Instagram ads can be run inside of the Facebook ad manager. So when we talk about like Facebook ads, we also are just including Instagram ads. I had a friend, he actually just left Facebook, but he was a pretty high up executive. And for like two years, he's been telling me that he thinks the future of Facebook is like in five years, they're just going to be called Instagram. So he thinks like their brand will just become Instagram because Instagram has a much better brand. All of the political fallout, all of the negative stuff about Facebook has been about Facebook and not really Instagram, even though it all is happening on the same platform. And more and more people and a younger set of people are using Instagram. It's a much more active place. You know, Facebook is still a little, you know, it's where you share family things. But like Instagram Mm -hmm. is everyone's used to influencers on Instagram now and people kind of being aspirational there. So it's Mm -hmm. a much, I think, stronger platform for kind of ads and lifestyle promotion. So I know at one point they talked about really emphasizing community and Facebook groups and like maybe even advertising for Facebook groups. Yeah. Yeah. You like, I see, I mean, I'm on Netflix and these or wherever ads are. I can't even think of where I see ads now, but like, well, I don't pay for, I pay for non ads on Hulu. I'm that person. Oh, really? (laughs) 
Oh yeah. It's only $4 more and it saves me so much time. You guys. <laughs> I, we did that too. I agree. I co-sign on the no ads for Hulu. I think we only watch like one show on Hulu though. And so oh, no, I don't care. Well, that's how we watch uh, all our regular TV. We watch nothing live now, but that is a totally another yeah. point. I watch way too much television. We did. Too. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have cable. We just do. We got Disney plus. So then yeah. I already had the Hulu plus paid version. So it was pretty cheap to add it all on. Yeah. But yeah, we watch, we have like six or seven shows. We watch pretty regularly on Hulu. On Hulu? But- We'll have to chat about shows after this. <laughs> back, back to Facebook. People groups. want to hear about our shows. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, Netflix they might. Where it's at. Be, get your business on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching Love is Blind? Yes. I want to talk about it so much. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. That's on our must watch list. I think we're going to watch it this weekend. Watch it. Yeah. We are in- it's like somewhere between like a science experiment and the bachelor and like i've heard it's great the bachelor to me it's kind of like that it's what meets the bachelor big brother meets the bachelor where it's like i've heard it's great really good it's really good i think they're gonna have to come out with more seasons just based (laughs) on their response it was the number one show last week in the country so So good and they're also doing this crazy thing where they're doing you can see netflix experimenting like doing three episodes at once but then a week later three more and so i think they're starting to play around more with the the binge behavior is anyway i'll be curious how that behavior affects social media because like obviously it's all related at this point because you're seeing ads for content on those other platforms, like on Facebook and Instagram, right? Like when they had the new release of I can't even remember what show it was. The one where she sings Zoe's something. Oh, yes, I know Zoe's playlist. Zoe's infinite yeah. playlist or something. Oh yeah, something I like saw that. Instagram ads all day long yeah. for that show, and so it'll be interesting. But back to Facebook groups, <laughs> you guys, come on, stay focused. Uh, by the way. But that's the power of Facebook. Like, I didn't see one ad for that. So you must have been in the right profile of the person they were targeting. But my phone is 100% listening to me. 100%. I hear this a lot. Does it not happen to you? Does what happen? Like, do you not get ads about things that you never searched for content on? So, So this is where I think... I sure I see ads and I'm like, I don't know why I'm being targeted for this. Right. Uh-huh. And I think so. I'll never say never about anything. Right. Maybe there's a 1% chance, but this would be such a massive scandal. Like it would, if they were illegally listening to everything you were saying, it would. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. They are 100%. But here's what happens. Right. So <laughs> I put this in the same category as it has some kind of, I forget the psychology term for it. Right. But like, you know how you hear a song you haven't heard in a while and then you hear it everywhere? Oh, yeah. Or, or someone yeah. says a word once. You're like, what is that word? You're like, I've never heard that in my life. And, and then everyone's it using it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just because you're now noticing it. You're aware of it. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, number one, you might have searched somewhere like Facebook and Instagram and all the ad platforms. They are watching you. So, yeah, right. you know, they follow you around the Internet. They know what sites you're going to if that site has a pixel. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. get included then in interest-based targeting and other types mm-hmm. of targeting. And so mm-hmm. they know things you like, or even if they don't, they know things you might like. And so there are going to be times where like you mentioned something for the first time ever that you know, you're know you aware of, but you get an ad for it. But it could mm-hmm. just be that a lot of people who are very similar to you are also talking about it. Well, um, then tell me why Mark Zuckerberg has tape over his mic and camera on his work computer. 
So, well, that's di- so Jack does that too. I don't know, Abigail, if you've ever seen that, but our paid marketing manager, Jack, he watched the Edward Snowden documentary and now is like, I'll never leave my camera. So I think Zuckerberg does that because if you're a pro, I mean, theoretically, yeah. we all could be being hacked, but if you're a high profile person, there are foreign governments and yeah. possibly our own government like listening in and watching. Well, stuff. my view on this is like, enjoy it because it's not that pretty. I honestly, <laughs> I honestly love it. Like I will pick up my phone and be like, okay, I'm looking for like a new mattress or like talking about something. No, I want that, that does not work. Yes. I oh, want to does. be certain ads that I need right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think part of the problem though is because they track you. So first of all, I have, my phone, a laptop, and a desktop. But my husband also impersonates me on the internet on purpose for work. And then I also have various people around the country that log in as me on not like the same, like sometimes it's email and sometimes it's Facebook and sometimes it's whatever. And so I'm sure like the search history of, you know, my sister's network and then this over here like it's all getting kind of pulled and muddled together so like facebook is never they're never sure if i'm like currently pregnant or if there's a small child or if i need i don't know xyz thing like it was it's been a problem off and on facebook thinks i'm black because of my daughter 100 percent. oh yeah they did facebook did what (laughs) they think she's Facebook thinks i'm black because of my daughter they serve me so many natural hair ads. Yeah. And it's like part of that too is on the advertisers. So they're targeting, like sometimes the targeting they put in is way off. But yeah, there are things too that, you know, Facebook is taking guesses at. Well, they're like, well, we don't know if you're black, but we know your daughter is because yeah. you we're in a ads anyways. And I don't know. And I'm pretty convinced that like your purchase history is being sold from other platforms. Like I can't imagine that what you buy on Amazon is a secret. I just can't imagine that it is. No. Well, Amazon doesn't want anybody to know. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, there's a reason Jeff Bezos is rich. So I'm just saying (laughs) I could start it. They keep that information to themselves so you can then use it to make more money. It's all a conspiracy theory, but. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Conspiracy Corner with Abigail and Emily. Tune in in next week. (laughs) But there was a period in time in which Emily and I, as a joke, but not joking at all, we would say something to each other and then be like, oh, I want ads about that. And we'd literally take our phone, face it towards the microphone and talk directly into the phone. Mm-hmm. Kid you not, within six hours, we'd get ads about it. Mm-hmm. All right. I need some scientific investigation. I want to see spreadsheets where like once a week you do it and you see how often you actually get. But you thing. have to do it on things that like you would never search or it won't right. work. Like it has to be completely right. random or you might have accidentally searched it. I like it. Okay. Abby, think it's in a talk strategy to me before we talk about all the other conspiracy theories that we believe in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm curious. I know we've touched on a bunch of different things. We've talked about the future of the platforms, a bit about conspiracy and what it takes to like really get things off the ground. But if someone today were like, I'm interested in utilizing Facebook and Instagram, which are two of the largest platforms out there, and I want to get more organic reach, but I'm also interested in what's working for ads. Can you give me two kind of pieces of content you see working well organically and two you see working well 
in the ad space? Ooh, okay. So two pieces of content working well organically. I think intentionally making content for engagement and conversations. A lot of times I see people sharing posts almost because they feel like they need to have a post. They have a schedule of like three times a week as opposed to creating a piece of content where, you know, is it something, is it a controversial opinion you have? You know, is it an opinion you have that most people don't agree with? That could be a, you know, put that out there, get people commenting. Or maybe it's something that you just want to, you know, is it a picture, is it a video of you and your dog, but you're talking about business? That's still an intentional Mm -hmm. idea of getting engagement. That's not necessarily like a specific piece of content, but just trying to think of every content you put out, having it be a goal. And if there's no like link for people to click, then the goal is to get people talking and chatting because that will get shared more. Like even though it reaches down, anything people are clicking on, engaging with, commenting on will get a lot more reach than normal. And so that would be one piece. And then the other one is, I think we mentioned it, but organically, just like a natural video of you doing something. And even if, I mean, you could do it, honestly, I'd rather people just do like a video just on your computer camera, giving a couple tips. That's better than nothing. But if you're walking around, if you're, I love the idea of doing, you know, you're doing your makeup and talking about business or Mm -hmm. maybe you're not, you know, all these examples are you're talking to other business owners, but it could easily be you run an e-commerce business and you're doing makeup, talking about your products or the industry yep. or, you know, something in the space. I think that's a great piece of content. So I would love to see that. Don't do things while driving. I will say that caveat. It, nothing pisses yes. me off more. Be safe. Those actually freak me out because I always, I, I just picture them. Cra- I can't think of them not crashing. Yeah. But I'm then about someone to watch become- you crash. I'm going to see it on camera. Yeah. So it is engaging. Like I am like, I can't look away, but also I heard like you then are lying. Like if you got in an accident, there would be a record of you. Even if you weren't looking at your phone, there's a clear record of you doing something else. So like, that'd be pretty tough. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, And then with ads. um, Okay. This isn't necessarily an ad specific. This is more funnel marketing strategy, but I think everybody, especially if you're just starting ads should have a tripwire funnel. And a tripwire funnel is a free opt-in with the thank you page being some kind of sales offer related to the opt-in, lower price, 7 to 19 to 29 $37, something like that. And the reason is it lets you recover some of your ad spend. And it mm-hmm. also lets you see if people are buyers in the audience. Now, you need to get mm-hmm. the right mix of like free offer to paid offer because sometimes like it's not the right sequence or it's not the right fit. But there are a lot of times where the cheapest audience for leads is not the best audience to buy. And -hmm. if you have something there where people can buy it right away, you start to learn what those audiences are. And you start training Facebook too to see like what is a purchase event, you know, and then you start building a list up of buyers. I think too many people wait too long to do that. And then they're spending money month after month getting it, building an email list of people you have no idea if they'll buy during a launch. And actually, I've always believed in this and we've been talking about more and more. We have a group consulting program for business owners that are running their own ads and in coaching them. So it's like office hours, daily chat support, things like that. But in watching them do this, the ones that start right away with a tripwire funnel, you get the fastest data. Even if you're not making a lot of sales, you get the fastest yep. data back um, about if it's working or not. And it's, it's, well, it's one of the best things you can do. it's the lowest cost per lead options out there. Like, right. Yeah. I like mean, a free offer and then the tripwire recovers the spend on top of that. It's just the yeah. best way to s- figure out a solution on ads fast without panicking about like I've spent 10 grand and I have an email list and now I'm yeah. launching and will they buy? 
Oh God, that's true. So, and I've seen that over and over again now just with the people in the program. And so that's something I've been really screaming about to people is, is just start with the tripwire. It's not that much extra. And then everybody needs to get on stories for ads. I've just been seeing it work so well, especially for opt-ins. Sometimes with sales ads, we'll still see Facebook, mobile, and desktop do better. I think the buying experience on Instagram can be a little... Because you're on your phone. It opens up on Instagram, which is super annoying. Yeah. And so what I would say is definitely for opt-ins, be on Instagram. Like, you know, get stories out there, make images that fit stories, do some videos, at least for opt-ins because they convert really well and usually cheaper. Awesome. Well, I could literally talk all day about these platforms and conspiracies. And we didn't even talk about groups, even though I tried to talk about it seven <laughs> times. So I guess, I guess we're just going to have to have you back on the show. Yeah. We'll talk all about groups. <laughs> I would love to do a TV episode too. We could do just a TV show, favorite TV shows. Yeah. yeah. Done. Okay. We'll all Scheduled for favorite. next week. Don't cool. even worry about it. Book it. Okay. Well, with all of that in mind, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people come hang out with you, learn more about what it would be like to either be in that group program you have or work with you one-on-one? So I think the best way for people, I mean, they can always email me, tony at intentionalspark.com. I'm always happy to answer questions or chat. But we also have a video bundle training of like a couple different tutorials I put together for how to set up your pixel, how to read an ad report, how to set up funnel tracking. If people go to intentionalspark.com forward slash boss project, they can get it there. Awesome. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much, Tony. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.